against Cofield and Company. No one, and I mean no one, is going to outwork this guy. The man has unstoppable energy. Steve Cofield. We like Steve. <laughs> but we don't love Steve. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. And we know it because we feel it in our bones. Here we go. Friday, 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 Friday. Willie Ramirez is the company. It's Cofield, Finley, Toyota, Studios. Busy 5 o'clock hour. We'll bring in another former college football player to talk about Saban and Jimbo and Dion, And then what's going on, especially in the Pacific time zone where schools are getting real aggressive and they're like, NIL, we can go and get players. Let's do it. So that's coming up in about 30 as a former UCLA quarterback, Wayne Cook, broadcaster with Learfield, is up. Uh, one more update. It's more on the details of uh, the PGA dealio where Sage Steele, the ESPN anchor, got hit in, we think, the head by an errant shot by John Rahm. Some of the details, uh, not to get too gruesome, but uh, covered in blood, saw her on the ground, holding her nose, mouth, chin area. This is according to a golf writer who was near her. Jeff Shackelford, the uh, shot traveled 281 yards at 181 miles an hour, uh, went left and took a you know hard hook into the trees, and uh, the ball actually wound up bouncing into the fairway. So uh, I hope she's okay, and we'll try to get an update on that. But uh, yeah, Tiger Woods, not the most important thing when we're talking about this woman's injury, but Tiger Woods has made the cut. Uh, he shot a one under today, so he's three over. So that's good news. So should be a good PGA weekend. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. What series you like better, Celtics Heat or Mavs and Warriors? I'm a Western Conference guy, so Mavs Warriors. But are I we mean, gonna have a series? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Why? Because I don't think I. I mean, the Mavericks were blown out in Game One of their first series with Utah. Yeah. They were blown out in their first series with the Suns. They've been down this road. They're not just going to take an ass kick against one game. Relax. Golden State is 440 to win the series. You want to jump on the plus 360 for Dallas? I would, just because of the value. What it's do you mean Western you would? Co- do I have to give you money to make the better? Are you going to, are you going to do it? I'm not going to play. I'm not going to gamble. You don't gamble, okay. Yeah. Anymore? You just make picks. There's only a certain time. Or you, you gamble on the show. Oh, I'll bet you. Yeah. But I, so like, if like you, my winning percentage so, is unbelievable. So like, so of if, you, want, if you. you want Golden State and lay, if you want to lay four and a half dinners, and if I win, I you know, I mean, you get th- wait what? Okay, all right, I get it, I get it. I get three and a half dinners, you get four and a half. You have to lay four and a half to get one. I don't for think me. that's really the way it works by the odds. That's not you're kind of screwing yourself on that one. But no, you'd have to lay, you'd have to bet four and a half dinners. We shouldn't do in this. order for me to get you one. We shouldn't do this. If I bet one dinner for you and I win. Then, Do you think the Celtics are more guaranteed to win their series now than Golden State is? No. Okay. Just they're, because they're of the blowout. But the thing is, we talked about this the other day. I was like, okay, I'm still on the audio we played where Monica Nutt was like, well, 
That means through NBA protocol, I get it was close contact, but here you're looking. Well, she was at, guessing they didn't no, know what was no, going on. I with Horford. understand. It, it I understand. seemed like he had, you know, he got he, had he COVID. got COVID. Right. It was just a contact, right? And then all of a sudden, and we, the whole and we bo- but we both said, yeah. if okay, if he's out, it could make a difference. But if Smart could, then they both were come back. So, but Miami's going to readjust. They have experience. Spoh's a good coach. I think that both of them are going to be great series. There's not one dominant. The Celtics are going to. Run away with theirs, and Golden State's running. I don't see it happening. I see that these are going to be good series. Number four. Aces might run away with the uh, WNBA title. They're off to a hell of a start. They handled the Lynx last night, although there were some lapses in concentration. Five and one. They had a great offensive game. Started out nine of nine, four of four from three. But Becky Hammond came in afterwards and was basically like, hey, we got to get better at, at stuff, and especially early on, our defense. Our defense sucked. We threw it to the wrong team five times, gave up four or five offensive rebounds. Like that's nine possessions, like just down the crapper. So we were, we looked good offensively because we were making shots. Everything looks good when you're making shots, but conversely, uh, we were just giving them too many opportunities between the turnovers and the offensive rebounds. um, We were just not solid. So uh, kudos to them in the second quarter, we locked down uh, and had a much better and a more productive and a more efficient second quarter. I like it. Hard-nosed coaching. Uh, Jackie Young had 25, and uh, Becky Hammond was very complimentary of Jackie Young. She's a machine. Her physical presence, she's one of the strongest people I've ever seen. She's so sturdy. She's so athletic. She's just hard to get around. You just can't get around her. Um, And not only that, she's very smart. So she got the trifecta working for her. She got the talent, she got the smart, and she got the hard work ethic. I mean, I have to kick that kid out of the gym. You're you're talking to somebody who, so like, what's her limit? There's no limit. MVP, you can talk about her however you want. Like, she she's that good. Damn MVP. She's good. she's she's right now. I mean, she's she's already the the favorite to win the most improved player of the year. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. I mean, and this was a girl that came out, you know, of college, came out of Notre Dame, and she was um, not timid, but. They they sort of brought her along. Asia, I think, was one year into the league, and and that was a big topic back then. Was was learning to how to just blend and and come right in and be yourself, and not have to try to pattern yourself after someone in the locker room and act like that person or act like a act like you think that they want you to act as be yourself. And Jackie's always had that on her side. I remember that media day that year, her rookie year, and she's just growing as a player. But she, I will say, she's an entirely, entirely different basketball player. But I think her skills have always been there. What I think the difference is her confidence mm-hmm. in being an aggressive and just going after it and doing it. Yeah. But I have to wonder if it's because of the coaching change. Possibly, possibly. I mean, they they play fast. They play super fast. And Bill Lambeer was there for uh, Lambeer retirement night, and he was the former coach. And uh, I think Bill recognizes the different brand of basketball they're playing right now. And uh, I know you guys asked him about the improvement by Kelsey Plum. I mean, he's seen it. He coached her hard, and now he's seeing that you know jump to the next level by Kelsey Plum. She had to learn how to be the ultimate team player, or or whatever she can be to be the team player. Uh, her reputation as she was as a college player was all me, 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 me. Uh, and I hopefully broke that one. I made it clear to her that it's a team game. And I'm very proud of her because now she understands, like you said, that this is how we have to play. And so hopefully all the players that I had think that that's what I did for them. 
By the way, I love that this is the way these coaches are talking about women's basketball because this is the way I want to cover female sports, right? You've got the coach saying, our defense sucked. Yeah. Former coach, she was me, 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 me. Well, you know what? It, it, That's you, awesome. You say everyone can be coached hard. Everyone can be critiqued. I don't think you mean it the way you said. Where you said this is what I love about female sports, or this. It's actually what we love about this, Steve. Is they're talking about them like they're athletes. Period. Right. Not male, not female, and that's what Bill said. Part of the talk that he had with mm-hmm. several of us last night was that. It, it goes beyond. These are athletes. They're professional athletes. They're they're some of the greatest athletes, basketball players in the world. And they want to be coached hard. And they and we, want and to be coached Lindy, and treated Lind- like basketball yeah, players. Lindy LaRock coaches her team hard. Same and way. And is critical. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And and part of that question, that was a, I, I, I had asked him about Kelsey because I had said on media day, she could have very easily taken a, you know, an immature route and been like, yeah, you know, I went to the bench, and but she, and and now I'm glad that I'm a starter again. And she's she was very dignified in her answer in saying that, you know, I needed the last couple of years to go the way that they went. I tore the Achilles tendon. I was relegated to the bench as a reserve last year. But if it wasn't for Bill doing the things that he did, presenting me with the adversity that he did, I wouldn't be the player that I am today. So he laid a foundation, whether I liked it or agreed with it or not. There were areas of my game and areas in my career that I had to face and I'm better for it. They play at noon tomorrow against the Mercury. We'll see what the Mercury have in terms of a roster because Skylar Diggins and Diana Taurasi got into it the other day, and then Diggins didn't play last night uh, Last night with a non-COVID-related absence. Uh, so something, I don't know what's going on there. So that, that team could be ripe right now to uh, take out pretty easily. So noon start tomorrow. It's Kids, days, uh, kids Day over at McAlter Arena. Number three. All right, now is the recovery time, right? Off-season, a lot of guys were beat up. Got to be healthy next year. And Mark Stone was really never right this year. Right. He did get back surgery. That went down yesterday. And now the question is, uh, will he get a full recovery? When is he ready to go? And hopefully this does not recur because there's nothing worse than a back injury or back problems that never go away. Have you ever had any type of nerve injury anywhere? I don't even know what that means. And you haven't. I, I, I mean, I, I think I probably have. Yeah. But I've never gone to a doctor. Like right now, my... Uh, my hip is a mess, so I don't know what's going on, but I'm not going to a doctor. I had but, long so, so th- possibly, but I'm sure you've had some real issues. A long thoracic nerve damage in the belt, which is under the scapula. So when I would go to do a push-up or bench press, the scapula rotates this way, yeah. which I can't describe on it, but, it's, it's, sure. but it was winging out. So I had this wing coming Oof. out of my back. That's, that's it's vicious. pressing against the nerve. So it yeah. wasn't causing pain, but it was limiting range of motion. I couldn't lift my arm. Mark Stone has pressure from the disc, or he did, on the nerve. So not only is he limited in motion, but it's causing pain. So what they had to do is go in and remove part of the disc, and there it relieves the pressure. So you're not really messing too much with vertebrae. You're not messing with where you're fusing something. You're relieving pressure in which is pinching on the nerve. All right. So um, I believe when Kelly McCrimmon said with the procedure that he has to have, he should be ready by training camp by the research that I've done and reading about this and speaking to some leading um, therapists in town, specialists, he should be good in four months because of the therapy that you can go through because all they did was relieve that pressure that was pinching. The problem is what caused it and can it cause it in a different area or all over again. 
that's where you have to – does he need to build up his lats or his rhomboids? Does he need to build back muscle? Does he need Does he need to do some sort of rehab one or uh, muscle building plan after rehabbing? That's the question. You want to build around – it's just like with me with the knee. i got to start build, rebuilding the leg muscle so I don't start eating away at the knee. Number two. So K.J. Wright was on – NFL Network serving as sort of an NFL insider was given his opinions on the AFC West. Okay. Uh, he thinks the Chiefs could be due for a tumble backwards. He thinks the Raiders are the best team, in the team to beat with all these offseason changes, new regime. Chiefs and Raiders. He says the Raiders are the best team in the division, which, again, would mean that the Raiders surpass the Chiefs. So, I mean, I offered the other day a bet of Chiefs. Minus two and a half wins against the Raiders. I mean, after hearing KJ Wright, I mean, you're you're in, right? You're taking the Raiders plus two and a half. Well, can we just go back for a minute? That I did say when we talked about those odds that, like, I'm not sold on the Chiefs. I didn't say that they were the worst in the division. Well, easy, I didn't it's say an easy bet for you. Timeout. I'm just saying that he agreed with me. You bet two days. There's no more talking it out. We're betting or not. I've done the record. Italian dinner. I've done the records. Okay. What do you have them at? Which one? The Chiefs. Raiders. Let's set this up. I have the. It, 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 there's a pivotal game. It's either ten and seven, eleven and six. Ooh! Oh no! Boy, if they go eleven and six, me laying two and a half wins with the Chiefs is a disaster. I have, Chiefs, 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 I have the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs. Exact same and three. thing. The exact same thing. Okay, this is an easy bet for you then. Yeah, sure. We're, I we're set a bad it. number. We're taking two and a half. Okay. I got plus two and a half wins. Another Italian dinner. I've already lost one bet, and I could be up for another. Sometime in January. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay, very confident. Well, unless, unless, unless. Or was that a suggestion? I have to, I have to pay it off in a timely fashion because it well, took no, me like I'm six weeks to pay it off. That's when the season's over. Right. I'm just, or you know, that's when the regular season's over. Where's my bet list? I'll write it down. Top story. Number one. Well, now I'm getting really nervous after hearing Colin Coward. Uh, Colin Coward saw a list of tiers with quarterbacks around the National Football League. This one was from Pro Football Focus. And Colin is a Derek Carr backer, so he starts telling the story about uh, how his support of Carr has been laughed at in the past. About a month ago, it was unfortunate, I had to uh, righteously defend Derek Carr, who is going to make the Hall of Fame. People mocking me at the company. Wait a second. Did you, did you notice him just slipping in? Derek Carr is going to make the Hall of Fame? Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? There's some work to be done, but what that means is that the if he's if he's going to make the Hall of Fame, then the Raiders are in for a glorious era over the next five or six years. If he's going to win the uh, if he's going to the Hall of Fame, that means that you, me, Adam, at, we're all going to be covering a hoisting of the Lombardi Trophy. Maybe multiple. Maybe multiple. Yes. Do we believe heard? I'm not sold on Hall of Fame just yet. Okay. No. All right. Well, on the way back, he's going to talk about these tiers, and he really starts to go in on the support of Derek Carr. Heard was mad. Of course, you can listen to Colin Cowherd Monday to Friday on our sister station, 1340-989 FM. That's Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. You know, people knew about the, the behind the scenes of the show, man. I really, I'm like holding my arms up, like plugging leaks. If I go down certain paths, all hell is going to break loose. 
I just don't want. <laughs> I, just, I, do I, I don't want to be the cause of taking us down. Off, I know. Off Should the I air? do it? Then we got emails. I mean, it's just, it's it's a nightmare. It's True. National Rescue Dog Day, and there's there, there's a whole dog conversation that we could have between those who are highfalutin and buy their dogs from breeders for thousands of dollars, and those who will go and grab any mutt they can and raise it like they're worth ten thousand dollars. I'm just going to leave it at that. I, yeah. You took a shot at Russell Wilson and Ciara because they, <laughs> they had some, like, super breed dog. Um, I know our judge friend who comes See? on, Judge Dan, has wow. some crazy I can't believe you just threw me under the bus blue like blood that. rich dog. That's I don't even... know what your dog is all about, but we do. This is not. Candy is... just sent out a picture of a, a fine-looking animal that he rescued. Probably no one wanted it, even for a dollar. But that's all I'm going to say. All what? right, we got to continue on what Colin Cowherd was saying about Derek Carr. We can talk about Derek Carr every day of the year. We can. Okay. Herd loves Derek Carr. He started talking about PFF putting out a list of quarterback tiers and was not happy with the group mm. that Carr landed in. Tier A, these are the elite guys over the age of 30. Brady Rogers, Wilson Stafford, Matt Ryan. And then the uh, the shooting stars was tier B. That's the best under the age of 30, and that's Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Burrow, Lamar Jackson. And then they had tier C, which they called mixed bag, the most polarizing players, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, and Derek Carr. Makes sense to me, right? Polarizing. Who do we have more debates on now than anyone? Guys like Dak, Kyler Murray, and Derek Carr is still in that group. Keep going, Colin. What exactly is polarizing about Derek Carr? Doesn't miss games, active, and good enough to carry a tire fire into the playoffs. Haven't we always said that about Dak? He needs to be carried. He can't carry. That's not Derek Carr. And we haven't always said that about Dak. I think Dak can carry a team. You understand why Carr's on the polarizing list? Like even Raider Nation. I'm still stuck. Goes crazy arguing with each other over Derek Carr. I'm still stuck on Matt Ryan being in tier A. I don't worry about that. Yeah, okay. It was based on age. Oh. Well, it was, it was the top guys who were over know. 30, the, then the guys under 30, and then polarizing guys. Okay. Well, must be national. Is Matt Ryan better than Derek Carr? Day. Is Matt Ryan better than Derek Carr? No. I don't think so. Okay. That I guess Matt Ryan should be part of the polarizing group because some people think he is better than Derek Carr. Others think he stinks. I don't, think he, think I don't the, think he stinks, but I just think don't think that he's better mistake. than Derek Carr. I okay. think that Derek Carr. I let me let me rephrase it. I think that Derek Carr is as good as Matt Ryan. Maybe they're not one's not better than the other, but I don't think that Derek. I think Derek Carr is as good as Matt Ryan. I think we're going to see just how good Derek Carr is because of all the comments the last few years, everything that we're hearing. He's got his guy, and I've been saying this since Devontae Adams was signed. I have not. I have not wavered from this. I have supported Derek Carr. During the offseason, Adam wants to ship him off. Adam wants to ship him off. I can't remember what boat you were on, but I said Derek Carr should stay. But no excuses. You have your guy, and you have a new regime. The slate's clean, other than these allegations from the front office. Go do your job. Derek Carr carried the Raiders to the playoffs. It's the Raiders. He will have his sixth coach in his ninth year. 
in this period, the Raiders have been nothing but nonsense. Battle lines, GM fired, coach fired, Henry Ruggs disaster. It's been a mess. So Colin Coward and Keyshawn Johnson, I think, are America's outside yeah. of people who are Raiders fans. Um, they're high on them. They're, they love Derek Carr. Yeah. Okay. That's why the season's going to be so intriguing because now they've got more weapons. I still think they could have helped them more on the offensive line, but you know, June 1st is coming up. It's going to be veterans available, some bargains available. They've decided it wasn't, you know, worth investing a super high draft pick in or spending a whole lot of money on. So we got to trust these guys, but Derek Carr's got what he needs. And now it's go time. Willie's got the Raiders going 11, 10 and minimum, 11 minimum, and minimum 10 wins. Minimum 10, 10 wins. wins. Maybe 11. All right. And you're outraged that he's in the polarizing group. Derek Carr's PFF, birthday you is idiots. March 28th. That is now will be known as National Rescue Car Day. <laughs> what? <laughs> I appreciate the effort of trying to tie things together. I do. I was just It's a reach. It happens. It ha- you, sometimes you miss. Yeah, I missed. <laughs> <laughs> you missed badly. <laughs> Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Rolling on on a Friday, no conflict Friday, although we've been screaming at each other multiple times. Forgot to mention that two and a half hours ago. There's not supposed to be any conflict on this show. Willie's here. It's Cofield. There's conflict in college football. I freaking love it. I love it. I love that Saban set off Jimbo Fisher. Fisher wants to indicate where the bodies are buried. Let's do it. Then Dion gets rolled in, and Dion's like, really? You're going to bring me in? And I'll tell you what. I, the NIL and the collectives are the root of this, right? The Kings are not the sole Kings anymore, right? The Kings of college football. The other thing I think that's pissing people off in the SEC is the Pac-12 has really embraced NIL, and the fact that the Pac-12 stole Lincoln Riley and USC has all this money, I think that's really angered people. And I want to get into this from the West Coast angle. Wayne Cook played quarterback at UCLA. He's still a California guy. Does podcasts for Learfield. Wayne's up with Cofield and Company. How are you, sir? I am wonderful, you guys. It is absolutely crazy what's happened in in college football (laughs) over this last year or so. Uh, Unbelievable. I love it. I love it. Um, And... The root of it, I believe, a lot of it is what's happened you know, with USC Steel and Oklahoma's coach. That was the beginning of it. But before we get to that, let's just talk about two coaches basically saying, hey, that guy's a scumbag and he's cheating. I mean, we like, we don't, you just don't hear that on the record. No, we don't. And it's funny because Saban comes back a little bit later and probably realized he probably shouldn't have mentioned anybody's name, even though everybody knows who, who he was talking about anyway. But here's the deal. I mean, and let's be honest. We all know I've been around college football for forever, it feels like. There's always been shady stuff going on. There's always been play. You'll hear about, you know, Jordan Addison getting, you know, $3 million in a house. Like, I don't know if that's true or not. There's a lot of stuff that people say that's true, false, whatever. I don't know what's true or not. But it's kind of funny because it was Reggie Bush that got in trouble for a house back in the day, right, when it was illegal to do that. Now it's like, well, give them whatever the heck they want. We'll just call it NIL, which is hilarious, too, by the way. 
And I know, and I said it right when it came out. I go, wait, wait till this turns into a recruiting tool. And now it's almost like you don't even, hey, you just post something online a couple times and we can give you whatever we want. It's so stupid as what is happening because they can't control it. There's absolutely zero rules. And we all know, you guys, I'm a history teacher on the side when I'm not talking college football. And I tell my kids over and over and over again, there's constantly, a, they're, they're trying to create a balance between the power of the government and the freedom of the people. And if you give people too much freedom, it's a problem. And if you give the government too much power, it's a problem. So right now, we're in there. There is way too much freedom, in my opinion. And we are going to have problems. And these two coaches, I hate to say it, but I bet you if you undug everything, I think both these guys have some secrets. Of course. Of course. I mean, to me, the biggest issue... That is like Saban's throwing it out there like someone else did something wrong. Like, bro, you were the one indicating your quarterback was making seven figures. So what? You don't announce it beforehand, but then when he's there and he has the job, then you can announce it? What's the difference? What's what's so crazy is that, um, you know, once they decided to make this rule change, I think those of us out there that could think clearly just (laughs) went, Oh my God, like really? And it's like, and then it's so funny. How many times have you heard, well, the toothpaste is out of the tube. You know, you can't Mm -hmm. put it back in now. I'm like, are we really that lazy though? As people that we actually think like the NFL has more rules than college does now. How do they get away with it? I I know there's answers. Don't get me wrong. But the idea is, is that to just throw your hands up and say, Oh, well, we can't do anything now. I'm sure there's something that can be done. There's gotta be a way to reel this in because the problem is, and and again, I I don't want to get crazy on this, but this is what I keep thinking about. How many players on USC's team, for example, aren't getting jack squat. And if they are, it's one of those very low-level mm-hmm. NIL deals. It's probably a real one where they're doing something where they're getting a little something for it. Across the country, we're talking about a very percentage. You know how we, we look at the five-star athletes every year that everybody competes over? And I'm sure there's some shenanigans that have gone on over the years with alumni and boosters and all these people that want to be a part of the program, and now they can just do it in the open. They were doing it all along. Well, what about everybody else? What about all the really solid three-star guys across the country that aren't getting jack squat? At some point in time, my idea was always to give everybody a little something. I've always felt like athletes deserve a little bit more. I don't, I don't know if I would go. And I also think athletes need coaches and role models, and I think they're young men that need guidance. And I'm scared to death that players are just going to walk around and go, hey, screw you, coach. If I don't like what, if I don't want to do this, I'm just going to leave. That, that kills me because I have a feeling that 10 years down the road, we might realize that there were a lot of great athletes that needed good coaching, good leadership, good discipline. The person that actually tells you the truth instead of just lies to you all the time. Like, I can tell you all the times that coaches came and said, hey, Cook, pull your head out of your ass because you're not doing things right. We need that when we're young. If you guys can remember being 18 to 22-year-olds, we do a lot of stupid things and you need guidance. I'm just scared. Yeah, there's players making money, but I think we're going to find out that it's a smaller percentage of guys than we think. And then how many people are going to suffer because of this? How many great athletes are we going to lose? Because they're so concerned about money and all that stuff, they're not focused on – on plan. I, I don't know. I, I, I've said this forever. When has money ever caused problems? <laughs> right, right? right? I mean, right. It's, as soon as we allowed money into this, we're going to start having a lot of problems. Well, that's why coaches need to be careful 
Um, to me, in a lot of ways, this is a shortcut. Be careful what you're essentially buying. And as you suggested, because, you know, the, the locker room situation you're setting up, we saw it happen with uh, Miami basketball recruiting and Miami football yeah. is doing it. Like they've really embraced the collective thing. And why not? They cheated for years and years and years. And it was against <laughs> the rules. We're like, we always did this. Now we can do it legally. But we had Miami announced like a K State transfer was coming in for basketball $400,000 a year. Like, do you realize what's that, what that's going to do to your current roster? And then the expectations right. of people coming to your school. So to me, Wayne, the adults are the ones who are supposed to show the self-control, but most yep. coaches don't have it. They're feeling desperate, and they're like, all right, I'm going to play the game. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, I, I've said this I've said this so many times that um, what's gonna, what we're looking at is when, when we talk about all this is we need to realize how great college athletics has been for mm-hmm. not just football, for basketball, for women's sports, for – you know all the all, all the competition that happens. We all know that football puts the bill for all this stuff, and we're going down a road that I've always felt like if a player can get off, if they're good enough, like if they're so good on the field that Nike wants to offer them some money to to do commercials, so be it. I, I get that. If, if you want to get, if you've earned it, what's killing me right now is we're taking. And by the way, how many times did um, Jimbo say kids? Yeah, I know. These seventeen-year-old kids, I know. really, dude, really, like, as soon as they start getting paid as adults, see, yeah. people, it's almost like they want it both ways. Right. Like, I'm sorry, when you're negotiating a contract, you cease to be a kid anymore. Like, you're going to be young adults. And by the way, think about this as people that cover this sport. I've always held back because they're college athletes, mm. and it's like, really, do we do that now? Yep. You know, if you're if you're out screwing around and not doing what's right, and you're making all kinds of money. I'm sorry, young man, but if you're not working on your footwork and doing the things that's going to because you're being treated like a pro now, you need to put in the work because if you don't, you're going to get criticized in a different way than maybe you did before. But but I I don't know, man. I I agree. All coaches should say that they're on board because they kind of have to be, and that's that's kind of part of their job. But the coaches that are standing up and and saying that this is wrong, whether it be Dabo Sweeney or whoever, like we need to figure something out here. Everybody automatically vilifies them because this is again, just my opinion, but I believe this, you know, everything kind of is muddied with politics. Now this has become a civil rights movement. It's a way to take athletes that have struggled and give them an opportunity to get theirs. Like I get it, but you guys got to think of the long road, the, the down the line, like getting an education and then still possibly having the pos- And And again, I'm all for athletes getting money. I just think the way we're doing it is wrong. I think there's a better way to go about it, and it doesn't have to be millions, but it could be enough. And then if you make it in the NFL, great. But you have an education, too. There's other things that we should be focused on. And, and, and you're also growing into a young, a young man that's going to be successful in the future, not just someone that's all wrapped up in money. Because we all know this. A lot of athletes have, have struck it rich and blown it within five years when they're done playing. So I just want to make sure we're doing this the right way because I think college athletics has been a great thing for so many people, and yet now we act like it's been this horrible thing that's treated athletes unfairly. And, yeah, we probably have deserved a little bit more, but at the same time, I'm sorry, you guys, scholarships are awesome. Going to a school where you get free gear and free clothes and you get an opportunity to prove yourself, I think that's awesome too. And I will say one more thing too that we're forgetting about. I wish more and more athletes would realize that they wouldn't be nearly as famous if it wasn't in college, if it wasn't for the school they played for. A 
lot of these players benefit big time because of the Ohio State boosters and fans, because of the fan base at Alabama or Georgia. Like, if they went to a school, and it's funny you guys mentioned Deion Sanders, and I forget the kid's name now, the number one recruit that got money to go play for him. I would be shocked, you guys, if he doesn't transfer for, to a big-time school in a year. People are going to watch him play. Wayne Cook is with his quarterback at UCLA in the early 90s. By the way, your podcast on Learfield, I assume, is on hiatus, and I would ask you why, because now college football is a 12-month-a-year sport. You guys should be doing it. Oh, my gosh, you guys. So College Sports Now, you need to start listening. We're going to start soon. They they, they like to cover basketball, and then, and then they do a little baseball. And I've been telling them for the last three weeks, it should be football should never stop. Yep. It's a year-round sport. It's amazing. We, if we do it. You know, it's fun because we have free agency now, right? We have free agency. Someone was funny, and they said there's even trades now with Slovis and Addison going back and forth. Yeah, now yeah. we're having That's trades. Right. That's right, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's kind of hilarious, but we do need to reel it in. There's got to be some structure. There has to be going forward. This is going to be chaotic. I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, you guys. I still love the game. I love the kids. I love what it's all about. But I'm actually speaking for it. You know how I was talking about it being politicized. It's just going to be the rich getting richer. And, and I feel like we're going to lose so many people. And I feel like when people make it out to be a civil rights movement, I'm like, well, is it really? Are you supposed to be fighting for the three-star guy? Because I, I don't think Wayne, you know fighting what? for the three-star guy right now. I think I actually think this gives an opportunity for people to be creative and states to be creative and find a way now legally to get a spot at the college football table and get some of this money for universities. I think the, I think the Western states should be super aggressive, uh, pass laws that embrace NIL. Um, like, I, I, I know as a UCLA guy, USC doing this has got to drive you nuts. I'm going to put you on the griddle, right? If yep. UCLA all of a sudden announced, and it wouldn't really be the school, it would be the, the uh, supporters of the school, hey, you know what? Took a couple months. We've now got a collective together. Uh, we're going to have a minimum of $30 million to spend on athletes uh, across <laughs> the board at the school. Does Wayne Cook step up and go, that ain't right? That we can't do this while USC is kicking the crap out of UCLA. What do you do in that case, my friend? Well, you know, it's just funny, but I've always felt like um, the school that I went to has, has done a really good job of doing things with integrity. And I, I still believe that, you know, as people, we all need to be able to look in the mirror and, and respect what we see. Um, so I want this to be done, and I keep coming back to this. I, I want this to be done in the right way. And it's funny that you mentioned UCLA because – you know, while USC uh, has the number one uh, recruiting in the transfer portal class, UCLA is like seven or eight. I know. They, they, you, Kelly's you, been really you, aggressive. You, yeah, they've done a very good job, and they've done it in a different way. Um, and I think it's not just about the money. It's about the opportunity and the education and the, and the after-you're-done-playing stuff. And it's just a different sales pitch. It always has been, by the way, you guys. UCLA and USC are different. Um, we, we do I, things I, in different Wayne, ways. Wayne, and I'm, Wayne, you know, Wayne, you can Wayne. say one's better, one's worse. I don't really care. But, you know, they, whether they have more stars, as long as, you know, I never lost to USC, and I'm sure that their recruiting classes were pretty good back when I played against them. So yeah. there, there's ways to win. There's only so many five-star guys you can offer money to. So there's still going to be good players going to other places. The problem is now, though, is that once you have a good year, and, and, and I know you guys have talked about this, it's just like the Jordan Addison case. Like once you have a good year now, right now, the way the current rules are, why would you not enter the transfer portal and be a free agent? 
You're going to be a free agent, it feels like, as many times as you mm-hmm. want. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of crazy. I mean, you just wait for people to throw a boatload of money at you. Yeah, I know there's a ton of guys that don't get picked up, but if you know you're really good and just had a good year, you know, Travis Dye, for example, he was, he was great for, for, for Oregon. Oregon. He would have been there. He would have been great. Yep. And Oregon has money, yep. but he left anyway for more money, probably. So I wanted to jump in on you there. I, I agree with you. I think UCLA does most things right. I don't think you know sports is everything at UCLA. But Wayne, you do have to admit, in your history, maybe you know not not your history, but way before you were there. I mean, one of the guys who kind of invented and mastered using resources behind the scenes to build a program was John Wooden. Yeah. So yeah, this is a little bit before my time, but I know, I know exactly I know, what you're I talking know, about. I know. But. But you know, you guys, this is this is such a crack up. Like when we're to go back to Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. Yeah. You know, coaches are, are great at this. They do their thing and they keep their head down. But there's 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 always been um there's always been behind the scenes. And I don't care what school you're at. I don't care it could be UCLA, it could be anywhere. There's people out there that want to support the athletes mm-hmm. and that has happened from the beginning of this game. And there's also always been agents. Now, agents have been giving athletes money before they're done with school forever. And it, all you have to do is go around any college campus over the last 30 years and see the uh, college athletes driving some really nice cars. Yeah. Um, usually that's a loan. Usually they get it from an agent, and they just, they'll just pay it back when they get their big contract. But there's always been ways, if you're looking, for athletes to get money. And so... It's tricky. I, I just, again, you guys, this is also brand new, um, and I want UCLA to compete. I want them to win. We've had a, a, a too long of a dry spell of not being as good as I want to be. But I also am all about integrity and doing things right because I think I think that's what we're supposed to be learning, you guys, in sports. I know we forget about that sometimes with youth sports and high school sports and all the transfers. And I love it when someone tells me they're a winner and they've transferred four times to schools that are already winning before they got there. Right, right. Right, that doesn't make you a winner, dude. I hate to burst your bubble, but so to me, um, the life lessons we're supposed to be getting out of the game, and and if, if there's a way for these athletes to learn all those great lessons that so many athletes have learned in the past, and yet find a way to get a better piece of the pie again, I will say I am all for that. It just has to be done, in my opinion, with a little bit of integrity. I think that's a good idea. We could do this for hours. <laughs> it's such a fascinating <laughs> topic. I uh, totally appreciate you coming on on a Friday. I know you're, I'm sure you're ready to start your weekend. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. You guys are awesome, man. That was a lot of fun. There he is. Wayne cook. Part of the uh, podcast family with Learfield high energy guy was pretty accomplished quarterback. You know, you notice he threw it in there. He's like, I never lost to USC. Um, he got that in yeah, a guy who uh, had a th- what 34 touchdown season for UCLA. So it's complicated, man. It's complicated. I uh, I don't like that 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 free agent part that he mentioned at the end. You could just you just have kids bouncing from school to school to school. There there was a rule where you couldn't transfer without sitting out, um, and they're supposed to get back to that. And then you'd have to get a waiver, like a hardship waiver. I think that would solve a lot of it. Uh, but I don't know if people would scream bloody murder. But the one thing the NCAA is in the soup on big time is the fact that from state to state, legally, they really can't put a whole lot of rules in. Because they're going to they're gonna get sued everywhere. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.
Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I enjoy that conversation because with uh, Wayne, who covers college football, Wayne Cook, former quarterback at UCLA in the early 90s, you, you can hear the frustration in his voice. And I guess uh, I'm not really expressing any frustration because I want to see it go crazy, but I, I assume they're going to come up with something. It'll be out of control for a couple of years. Um, but I like Armageddon, and I think I actually think it's great for college football that the traditional rulers of football are getting pissed off because it means – it means they're losing their grip a little bit. They're losing this big edge they've had. I'll also say with Saban being comfortable the other day, but then, you know, he, he's like, hey, these are my people. Didn't realize he's getting videoed. Like that right there, though, the way Nick Saban acts, like getting mad that a guy went to an HBCU, that's why he's friggin' awesome. That's why he and Belichick have similarities. These guys are psychos. Mm. That's why Brady is a player. Brady and Belichick win, 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 win. And then they're like, Spygate, deflate, like every edge they can get. And you know Saban's the same way. He's like, we're not number one in recruiting. Like, what do we do? Like, the the best of the best are so friggin' driven every year. I, I mean, I truly believe Saban, when they win national championships, like within two days, he's like, what? What do we win? Next year already. Let's go. You would like to think that Marcus Arroyo has that same mentality, but here's here. Let me go even further because I'm sure that he wants to win. All the people that have hated on this UNLV football program, and I don't mean just fans, season ticket holders, residents. I'm talking about power brokers that used to support. I'll no, I'll no longer this. Now that it's legal, not just to support and put money into the program and be a booster, but you can you can if you're if you're a high level casino executive or you've moved your facilities here, or let's just say. Let me just throw it out there. A mixed martial arts where headquarters are here. You're from Las Vegas. Well, now you can pay NILs to get to stop complaining that UNLV football is what it is and start supporting and shovel some money into some recruits' pockets. I mean, I wouldn't get on UFC about I'm that. It's it a good example. suggestion. It's an example. I mean, their former, ex- the former owners did pour $35 million into a football I'm facility. Giving, so. No, I understand. But I get your point. I'm giving it as a, like, for example. Right. No, absolutely. Are you kidding me? It's named after them. No, I'm just using that because I said co- private corporations aside from the casino. So that was just an example. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So the RJ had another update today. This is a good way to close the show, screaming and yelling probably. <laughs> and something to build going into the weekend. Uh, Dave Cavill wouldn't speak directly to the RJ, but you know, you, you get sources, right? Uh, the A's are now down to two sites mm. in Las Vegas. Mm. They won't name them. They haven't the whole time. Won't name them. All they said was resort corridor. Okay. To me, the resort corridor now is LV Boulevard all the way down. Maybe not to the South point, but to blue diamond and LV Boulevard. And we'll say all the way up to the strat. East and West, Dean Martin, the Koval. Hmm. That's a lot of land. It's a lot. There's a lot of areas you could build a baseball yeah. stadium on. Yeah. That's it. It could be anywhere in that vicinity. Anywhere. I mean, outside of where there's, you know, stacks of resorts. Um Willie, let me and ask I'm you. Still should, stuck should, on leverage. I'm should still, we still should we be as cynical as we've been, or should we be jumping in as the show like we want the A's? 
We love this idea. We believe it's going to happen. Should we do it? Are we making a mistake by cautioning everyone there's something like weird here no. with the A's organization? We, we may be sports talk radio and and – you know, but we are voicing our opinion, and we are we are a form of the media, and our job is to look at it objectively. And the bottom line is, is that this is Vegas is still being used as leverage, and there's nothing concrete, and we shouldn't be supporting anything. Now, if it looks like it's it's moving forward, you say okay, and and now and but as far as pulling for one side or the other, we have to call it like it is. And the bottom line is, is what Why? It looks you of all people. Go home this weekend and think about this. All right, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Okay. You're you're in your fifties, right? Yeah. It's time to it's go time. You got to make a lot of money, right? Yeah. You work for AP. Okay. This benefits you. Sure. Why are you Why are you Why are you playing it down the middle? I would. This helps you. <laughs> yes. This is an agenda for you. Because I'm looking at it realistically and from objectively uh, standpoint, the fact that it's it's realistic that we're being played. So I'm looking at it like that. Of course, yeah, it means more money through the summer, the slow months. But you know, as a freelancer, who knows what that what 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 it brings? I don't know. Man, five years from now, Oakland A's insider Willie Ramirez just raking it in. Get behind these guys, Willie.